Welcome to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. We are back on Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast, PatsFans.com. I'm Russ Coleman. Along with me, as always, is Steve Balsteri, today in the Secret Square, and Derek Havens to my right. Well, actually, to my, yeah, to my right. <laughs> so, Derek, Steve, welcome back to the show. Today, we are going to go through the 53-man roster. We're going to break it down. I'm going to be sharing a screenshot of the 53-man roster breakdown from Pat's Pulpit. Breaks it down by position. We'll go through it and share our thoughts on each position at the very end of the episode. We're going to give our overall thoughts on the preseason, and I'm curious the views of my co-hosts on that. It should be interesting. But let's not waste any time. First, well, one last thing before we go, because I know Ian Logue will be watching and listening. <laughs> Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review. It could be good, positive about me. That'd be great. It could be negative on Derek. We love that. <laughs> Whichever way you want to do it. But again, please do subscribe to Apple Podcasts or any other app that has podcasts. It'll help other Patriots fans find us. Okay, guys, let's just get to it. Let's start with a quarterback position. Mr. Havens, let's talk about the quarterbacks that are on this list. It is no surprise there are three quarterbacks on this list. So your thoughts on there being three quarterbacks on the 53-man roster? I would say, you know, starting off with this, obviously there's a lot of news from the team right now, but this is the least surprising. Uh, we Pretty much this was, you know, this wasn't even like, you know, pencil. I, I say use a pen from the beginning on the depth chart. You know, uh, just obviously Mac Jones, Brian Hoyer, Bailey Zappi. Zappi was you know, a, a pretty high selection. I think he was a fourth rounder. So, you know, you're not going to cut a guy like that. You're probably yep. not going to be able to get him onto the practice squad. With that being the, with that being said, uh, you're going to carry three. Uh, and I think it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's pretty much chalk. Totally agree there. Steve, are you surprised that they're carrying three quarterbacks? No, no. In fact, um, you know, Brian Hoyer is still the mentor slash backup. I don't think Bailey Zappi's ready to assume that yet, although I, I did think he, he was okay in the preseason for a rookie quarterback coming in to a new system. I thought he did pretty well. I thought he did better than I expected him to do. Okay, excellent yep, I, stuff. I would agree with that. Okay, very good. All right, let's now talk about a position that's interesting, really interesting, the running back position. Derek, I'll go right back to you. There are four in. Damian yep. Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Ty Montgomery, and Pierre Strong. Out are Kevin Harris and J.J. Taylor. Overall thoughts on the running back position, Derek? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the little bit of surprise I had was Kevin Harris being cut. Uh, you know, they they thought that they could get Kevin Harris through, uh, through waivers and put him on the practice squad. And based on reports, Kevin Harris and JJ Taylor are both remaining with the Patriots on the practice squad. Um, I would be surprised if we didn't see one of those guys shortly elevated to the 53 men roster, uh, assuming that uh, Ty Montgomery is placed on short-term IR now, but uh, just for clarification for people listening, it's August 31st. We're recording this today. The cutdowns were the 30th yesterday. A player before 4 p.m. Eastern that was placed on IR yesterday was uh, if they were placed on IR yesterday before 4 p.m. They were done for the year. Now that the cutdowns have happened and all the claims have gone through, a player you know there's different circumstances now with with players. But basically, they had to carry Ty Montgomery onto the 53 man uh, initially today and then place him on IR, which honestly means to me, guys, that we thought he was done for the season because Steve and I talked about this offline yesterday. No news is good news in my mind on that front, which means they've carried him for a reason. So he's likely going on short-term IR. I would then expect probably J.J. Taylor to be elevated in his place in the meantime. um, I thought, uh, you know, I thought Kevin Harris actually, even though the numbers didn't really show it, I thought he performed a little bit better Ben Pierre Strong. I thought I just liked the way he ran a little bit more in the preseason. I know the running game was abysmal in general, but I just thought that he showed a little bit of something there. But with Pierre Strong being a fourth round pick and Kevin Harris being a little bit of a lower draft pick, I just think that factored in into why the team thought that they could kind of get away with sliding Kevin Harris through and it worked. So um, I, I would say no real surprises, but um, I still think they have a pretty good group. 
Okay, I agree with that. Steve, your overall thoughts on the running back position? Yeah, um, I agree with Derek. I thought Kevin Harris was a little bit of a surprise because I thought he had, especially down the stretch in preseason, I thought he had played pretty well. But, um, you know, I go back to what Belichick said. I think it was Monday where he said that, um, you know, he gave the impression to the media that Montgomery's injury wasn't that bad, you know. So he might not be even going on short-term IR. We'll have to see. But the fact, like Derek said, no news is good news. And the fact that they carried him is a big plus because that means he's not going to be out for the whole season. And I will say this too. Uh, I mean, I I hate to be this guy, but as someone, I've I've suffered two really bad high ankle sprains, okay. and honestly, you feel like something's broken, you know. And so it's like if if Montgomery did, I don't know this for sure. I'm just throwing it out there. If it was a high ankle sprain, they he, you know he slammed his helmet into the turf. He probably did think that it was it was broken. And oftentimes, those high ankle sprains can be really, really, you know, lingering and they can last for weeks. So, you know, that happened two weeks before the season started. You know, if it's a four to six week injury, maybe he only misses two to four games. I think with his kind of uh, the role he's taken on in this offense, I think could really benefit Mac Jones if he's able to contribute. And by people who were there, you know, consistently throughout the summer, he was he was performing pretty well. So I think that they really dodged a bullet, it seems like, with Montgomery's injury. Again, we have to wait for some more clarification. But the way sure. it's trended the last couple of uh, you know, last couple of days, I think is positive overall. Okay, good stuff, and I really like this group, and I think they're going to be a major part of the Patriots' offense. Hopefully, if we can figure out the zone blocking system, we'll talk about the offensive line coming up. They could be even better, but right now we'll (laughs) see how this all pans out once the season begins. All right, guys, let's now go to wide receivers. This is going to be very interesting. There are some interesting choices here, so let me just share this real quick, guys, and we'll get this sucker going on the wide receivers. So let me just pull this up. Well, while you're loading that, I mean, I would yep. say this. I would say this position too. I would yep. say pretty much, pretty much standard. I thought. Yep. Um, I thought that the biggest surprise, honestly, was little Jordan Humphrey. I thought he had okay. put together a really strong preseason, and I thought that he had put together enough tape where he wasn't going to make it through waivers. Uh, they, I, I think that they obviously like him. But I, they didn't like him enough to not risk, you know, right. uh, losing him, I guess I, I would say. So, you know, I thought that Trey Nixon really from minicamp on was people were talking about Trey Nixon more and more. He really built up some steam. And it seemed like when training camp started, yep. he kind of reverted back to the pack. I actually thought Christian Wilkerson looked better than him in some of the games during the preseason. And, and Trey Nixon, I think, has a really interesting skill set. And I think there's something there. But I'm telling you right now, next year will be like his make or break year. And he can't have some of those drops that he had in the preseason. I mean, that really was that. And I think Lil Jordan's position versatility and special yep. teams value, I think, were the ones that separated. And Wilkerson, unfortunately, just had that really bad concussion from the joint practice with the Panthers. I think Wilkerson has looked at times uh, like he could be a back end of the roster player. I think those guys have something there, but they're really just bubble guys. Uh, I right. uh, The rest of it, the rest of it, I would say... Again, very chalk at the position. Only thing I would say is that Tyquan Thornton could be a similar position as Montgomery where the team has to carry him on to place him on IR. I don't know if he's going to go on short-term IR. I'm just assuming so, which is a dangerous game to play. But based on what we've all kind of heard with his broken clavicle, you know, it's probably going to be a short-term IR situation. They might elevate Jordan, little Jordan Humphrey in his spot um, after that if they make that move or they might carry it in a different position. Okay. Before I go to Steve, I'm going to mention this, and I'm sorry I'm going to mention this. I actually was listening to a show. I'm not going to name the show, and it's not the show going on right now. That was actually criticizing Devontae Parker, Derek, saying that Devontae Parker has not shown up this summer. I'm going to tell you right now, I completely disagree. He might not have shown up in the preseason games. Do you have any concerns about Devontae Parker? Because, again, I don't. But no, there are I, I some that he, are bringing this up right now. I don't think – I think some people – I don't know. Just, this is going to set me off for – Are they just for something? This is going to set me off for a whole different rant. I'm going to try to bottle it. But I'm just <laughs> okay. telling you right now that, like, people's expectations of players in this team is so out of 
freaking whack. It's like, I can't even. Devontae Parker is not the same player he was a couple of years ago, but no. he's still a good player and he's a contested catch guy. The reason people say that is because they don't they look at him and and he's not able to create a ton of separation like we saw Tyquan Thornton able to do at times. They're not the same player. You know, he's he's a guy who's going to be able to basically do what they thought Nikhil Harry could do and couldn't, which is catch the ball even if someone's kind of covering him. You know, he's going to be a red zone threat. He's going to be an outside threat. I'm not worried about him at all. But I just think that people, you know, Russ, to your point, it's yeah. like I just think people have like, ide- like idealized certain players or this team for whatever reason, and they don't look at it as a team that's rebuilding and, right. you know, with players who maybe aren't the same as they were a couple of years ago. I'll leave it at that. Well, there are some that have already labeled this a bridge year. It is. And I don't see it as a bridge year. I just see a, a team in transition. We can call it, like you said, rebuilding. <laughs> okay. That's kind what? of a. That's kind what of. A are, what are we doing, Russell? That's the same. No, thing. no, no, no. A bridge year. A bridge year. A bridge year is something that basically, with old older players, just trying to get by for a couple of years. I, I, this is they are doing team. that. They're this, they have no, they have not. ten rookies. They have ten rookies on this right, initial fifty three right, man roster. Not, More than the Jets, by the way, and they're also the second oldest team because they are carrying guys like Matthew Slater and Devin McCourty and you know Lawrence Guy and right. like they have. They're, 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 they somehow are old and young at the same time. Right. It, but that's they not are a rebuilding. Here in my mind. That's the that's problem not... with that's the problem with half this fan base right now is they don't want to look at it and say this team is rebuilding. Yeah, it's they rebuilding, have to rebuild. but rebuilding. But for me, a, a, a Bridgier says that they're tanking, and that's not what this is. They're not going to tank because Bill doesn't want to tank. He wants right. to compete. That's a Bridgier, my friend. That's a Bridgier. The Bridgier is a tanking. Year they should have. They Russ. The problem. The problem is that people looked at it when Tom Brady left and said, yeah. "Well, they need to replace the quarterback." They didn't realize the whole team was old Steve, and, I didn't and think slow. That Sam Bridgier and, would set him off. Okay. Well, I mean, it's just. I mean, what you're saying is just wrong. I, I mean, oh, okay. Okay. I, I. I just. I just. I mean, well, my, de- I just my definition of a Bridgier is basically. A year where you just don't care. You just don't care. You're- okay, if that's, if, uh, then that's, that's fine. If you want to classify it as that, I'm not saying yep. they don't care. I'm just telling people what it is. <laughs> and I'm, they've been trying to flip this roster now for a couple of years. They were a little slow <clears> to do <throat> it. We all right. thought they should have done it after Brady left. We didn't want Cam Newton. Yeah. We didn't want Cam Newton in the first place because we thought they should have played the younger players. Now this year, it seems like they're finally kind of adapting to that. Look at the look at the look at their linebacker room. Look at the corner room. Again, ten rookie players is a ton. The Jets only had nine. And that's still a lot. I mean, okay. like I'm just saying that they are flipping the roster over. Right, they're but flipping they're still, the roster. They still have a lot of older guys, and they've been no, they slowly do. phasing them out. They they do, but they're fading them out, but they are getting much younger. And that's why I see it as a rebuilding, not a bridge here, but we can quibble of the oh, term. Oh, that's fine. We, I mean, I just, as long as we term. call it rebuilding, I don't care what yeah, I'm calling it rebuilding. That's what I just said. I'm calling it rebuilding. And Steve, uh, I'm going to go to you right now because I think smoke's coming out of uh, Derek's ears right now. So <laughs> why don't I go to you? Okay. Well, I Derek went on a mini rant. I'm going to go on a really short one. Okay, go on a short one. And that rant. is... The Devontae Parker criticism. Yeah. That's Go not back a to that. criticism of Devontae Parker. That's the same people who are calling for Belichick's head after they lose one game. I guarantee you, if they go down to Miami and lose, even if they play really well and they lose on a last second field goal, there's going to be people calling for Belichick's head because it's been going since Brady left. And that's why right. there's no matter what Parker did or does, there's going to be those people that are trying to criticize the move of bringing him in. And that, that's my mini rant. Because, okay. you know, as we all know, there's a large segment in New England that wants Belichick gone. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's obvious. So, oh, it's I, promise, yeah. I promise that the, the Patriots play on September 11th, right? Like, So I promise yep. you uh, Monday the 12th will be the biggest overreaction one way or the other. Oh, oh course, absolutely. No Absolutely. Because, like yeah. I said, we even agree if on they, that. Even if they play really well down there and lose, like you know, really close game, there's going to be people calling for Belichick's head. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and I said this before, guys. I mean, honestly, and I said this to Steve offline yesterday. I think they have to win two of their first four games, or it's their 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 record is going to be closer to my prediction than than your prediction. If you want yep. your guys' prediction to be kind of closer to the what actually happens, they have to win early in the year because I think it's going to be a tough road to hoe for this team. I mean, when people. The reason I get so set off by this is because I feel like the expectations for this team are just really kind of all over the place. And I'm like, they have some of the most, they have some of the, uh, the most amount of rookies of any team in the league. 
when you have young players, what happens with that? Growing pains. Sure. It's going to, they're, they're changing the offense. They got a second year quarterback. They got two coaches who've never coached offense. They're going to have a whole new linebacker room. We have, we have two veteran corners and the rest of them are really young players. I'm they're all first and second year players at corner. They're going to be chasing guys all over the place. I'm just, I guess my thing is it just look at, I just have, I want people to look at the roster and just call a spade a spade. They it's, it's a young team, but with youth comes more athleticism but right. more growing pains. So, right. I, I mean, I, I just feel like some people have classified this team and because they they went to the playoffs last year and, like, they are on the precipice of doing it again. And I just right. look at it as, yeah, they made the playoffs last year and then got smoked because they just – they're good, but right. they're not good enough. And it, I'm not saying they can't eventually get there, but I do think that this year is going to be all about guys learning and developing and finding the new core of their team moving right. forward on both offense and defense. And the most important piece of that whole thing is Mac Jones. Sure. Like to me, that's, that's still what this entire year is about. It's not record for me. It's all about Mac Jones development. Well, well I'll be watching. We, we kind of got off the, you know, yeah, the, the wide receiver thing. Yeah, here, we totally but. did. <laughs> yeah. but, Claire's telling me to take a breath. I got to get, <laughs> I know, I know. I know. Sorry. I know. Right on Claire. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, but, it, but uh, go ahead, getting Steve. back, like I, I would like to talk about the wide receivers. Please, Steve, you didn't get a chance yet, so go ahead. I think, as as we all know, Tyquan Thornton, he had surgery on his clavicle, so he's going to be out for at least a month, probably closer to six to eight weeks. So he's going to go on IR. That's going to open a spot. They can bring back little Jordan Humphrey or sign somebody else. I think Aguilar had a really good summer. <clears throat> and that uh, I think going forward, the biggest need at wide receiver is for Kendrick Bourne to kind of flip the switch, you know, and revert to where he was last year rather than what he was this summer. Because it seemed like this summer he was not the same guy. Right. So. And I wonder with I wonder with Bourne, you remember how like people used to say <clears> – <throat> with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo that he didn't practice great, but no. when it came to game time, you know, he was ready to go. I wonder if Bourne's kind of a similar way. He's Should had be. a really weird summer. I thought Evan Should Lazar be. with, with Patriots.com now. Um, I thought oh, he you made mean my friend, really Evan good... Lazar, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Our friend, friend of the show. My I thought Evan made some, a really good point on um, Patriots unfiltered a couple weeks ago, talking about like when Kendrick Bourne talked to the media like the like you know middle of the summer and was talking about offensive changes like he wonders if like that started like a bad kind of chain of events for him like the coaches Maybe. were upset the way he was talking cuz it just seems like it's just been like really hard for him to get anything going like traction wise and he's getting into fights and kicked out of practice and he's not getting these reps and his low target share and you know Belichick's yelling at him because he's not ready for a drill cuz his equipment isn't ready so the refs checked him out like I don't know. I just feel like with him, it's just been a kind of a struggle. I agree with Steve. I think it's incredibly important. He's in part of the offense. I, I mean, I, I still stand by what I said earlier um, or right after the season ended. I think that Jacoby Myers should be getting less targets and Bourne should be getting more of them. Uh, but I, I just think it is incredibly important because I think he's uh, very good with the ball in his hands. Uh, and I think he can make something, you know, kind of happen where a lot of their other receivers like Devontae Parker and Jacoby Myers aren't really yak players. They're kind of going to, they're going to get open and catch the ball, but they're not going to gain a whole lot of yards afterwards. I think Bourne can actually make something happen. And uh, in order to make their offense more dynamic, I mean, he's got to be a part of it. Okay. Good stuff. All right. Claire's ears are going to prick up right now because we are going to talk about the tight ends guys. And mm -hmm. the Patriots are only keeping two tight ends. Steve, so again, I'm, I'm going to go over to you. Thoughts on the fact that they are just keeping two tight ends and uh, what that could mean? And I'm sorry, Claire, but I don't see them bringing back Ryan as so I just had to share that. Steve, your thoughts on the tight ends? I'm not surprised in my final um, roster projection, I only had them keeping two. Okay. Um, you know, Devin Asiasi never realized his potential. He looked okay a few times in his rookie year. And then last year was it, he didn't play in one game and, you know, so, and he didn't really, you know, flash this summer. I thought, yeah. Um, because, you know, Henry and Smith got very, very little reps in preseason games. And if he was going to show himself, that would have been the time. And he really didn't. I thought, 
honestly, um, Matt Sokol looked better than him. And yeah, I do. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah, so I, I think they're either. I'm, I'm sure the, they might bring back both of them on the practice squad. I haven't seen that yet, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if they scour the the waiver wire and pick up a, a guy. I, I mentioned to Bob Sosi yesterday, um, we were talking, and I mentioned O.J. Howard. Right. And he said, well, O.J. Howard got a lot of, you know, hype from his college stuff, but he never really realized his potential. But I was thinking, as a third tight end, you know, he caught 15 passes last year. That's seven times more than Asiasi caught in two years. So Yeah, I think he signed with the Bengals this morning. Yes, he did. I okay. saw that. And so. and coincidentally enough, Devin Asiasi was also claimed by the Bengals. So they were right. kind of adding to their team. Okay, I didn't, room. I didn't see that. So Okay. Yeah, and I would say for the tight ends, they have – Sokol, I thought, showed that he could be maybe a backup. You know, yeah. I mean, he's on the practice squad. He's a, he's a developmental guy. As Bill said, you know, little Jordan Humphrey has some – some tight end ish qualities. So I think if he was to be elevated uh, in Tyquan Thornton's place for the time being, he could kind of, uh, you know, help on special teams as well as maybe sub in at tight end if necessary. Right. Uh, but that's a hard transition uh, because tight end Bill's talked about it before tight end is, uh, you know, you have to learn offensive line blocking schemes and receiver routes. That's a lot to handle. Um, and uh, so I'm sure that'll be kind of a slower process or something that's a little more simplistic, but I mean, honestly, guys, just a really disappointing turnout for Asiasi. I mean, a third round pick only a couple of years ago. Uh, it's just, it's just not what you're looking for. No, no, guys. And uh, I'm going to share this right now. Claire's trying to will the Ryan Izzo situation back to life. And uh, Claire, you know, and again, if if that happened, I promised on this show I would step down and you would become the host of Patriots 4th and 2. Oh, well, now I'm so, willing it to happen. <laughs> I know. We said this on the last show. Derek, do you not listen? That if Hardly. Izzo comes back, I step down and Claire takes my place. Unbelievable. So. So <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but no. stranger things have happened in the world of the Patriots. All right, guys, talk about Patriots things. Two hosted by Claire Cooper. Claire Cooper, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay, now let's talk about a real uh, interesting situation, <clears throat> the offensive line. Mm. And this is not look good, I'm not going to lie. It didn't look good when I was down there, guys, and it continues to – not be coming together. We can talk about why that's the case. I'm sure that will come up. And while Derek, you're loading I, this, I will go. Yep, I will go to you first. Well, go while you're loading this, I think it's important to we note that because uh, we just talked about Kendrick Bourne, and now we're talking about the offensive line. That I think it was yep. Andrew Callahan had mentioned that teams have been calling the Patriots on Isaiah Wynn and on Kendrick Bourne. But there doesn't seem like there's going to be any kind of movement there. I think they're just checking availability. Uh, there's something weird going on, guys. I think uh, with this offensive line in general, uh, and we can have a good discussion about it. I'm sure. Go ahead. I I feel like a lot of their issues right now are starting up front of this offensive line, and I want to start with coaching. And to me, this is where you know when Matt Patricia is apparently the play caller, but also working with the offensive line. Is Billy Yates not right. is, is he not ready? Because Billy Yates is the assistant offensive line coach. Like, is Billy Yates not able to get a message through? Is Matt Patricia spending too much time working on play calling than working with the offensive line? I don't. I'm not being sarcastic. I honestly don't know. So yeah, we don't know that. I, I, I'm we worried about. Know. I'm worried about the offensive line for a lot of different reasons. For one, we we switch. We talked about switching tackles. You know, the, switching the tackles from side to side. But it seems like there have been some like rumors about potentially them being disgruntled about it. Uh, there's a lot of kind of undercurrent with both of them. I think Isaiah Wynn feels upset that he's playing right tackle when he's in a contract year and he wants to be left tackle. They get paid more. Um, I think I heard Scott Zolak say earlier today that he's going to be looking for 12 to $15 million a year over the offseason. Good luck. Um, you know, Trent Brown to me, I just feel like Trent Brown is always one of those things where you got to make sure he's happy because happy Trent Brown is a very good player, but unhappy Trent Brown is a really big mess. Uh, yep. So I'm worried about that. I, I'm, I think that they would have moved on from Isaiah Wynn and saved some money if they felt better about who was behind him. And Yadney Kajust, I think, has flashed but has had problems staying healthy. And Justin Huron might have had one of the worst summers of any player on this team just based on consistently underperforming, a lot of penalties, and uh, getting hurt. It's just been really rough for him. So when he was stock up, 
towards the beginning of minicamp, he's really gone the other way. I think interior, there's a lot of questions with Cole Strange, uh, Michael Unwenyu. I don't. I think Strange looks like a player who's come from a lower level college school. I think at times he's flashed, and I think he's. I think he needs to put on a little more muscle and weight, and that will come. That will come over time. But I am a little more worried about him than I thought I was going to be, and I think the depth is certainly questionable here. Okay. <laughs> so that was a lot, but it's a loaded. That issue. is that is a lot, Steve. Are you surprised about any of the cuts with the offensive line? Um, not particularly. I mean, um. You know, earlier in the summer, like everyone else, we were hearing that they might just trade Isaiah Wynn basically as a salary dump Mm -hmm. because they thought Justin Haran or, you know, Yadni Kajus could step up and play. Maybe even Michael Owenyu because he did play some right tackle. But uh, I think the reason that they didn't trade him was because nobody really stood out this summer. I thought Kajus had a much better summer than the other two. But at the same time, like Derek said, he has injury concerns as well as the other guys, you know, went in Brown. So I'd be kind of leery about leaning on him too much. I mean, I thought he played well this summer. And if he can stay healthy, that's a good sign. I, I like Chase and Hines. Um, I was just curious if he can play – center if anything would happen to um, David Andrews because I'm not really sure about that unless they're going to bring you know either Cody Rusey oh no Cody Rusey got picked up I think right by somebody else I don't I don't know I'll, I'll, okay I'll or, or heaven forbid James Ferentz Bring right. him back, you know, because he can play guard or center and put him on the practice squad. Yeah, Ferenc is on you – know, Cody Russi and Ferenc are both on the Patriots practice squad. Okay, so they, they were able to bring them back. I thought Ferenc – I thought Ferenc looked just terrible this preseason. I thought he looked awful against uh, the Raiders. I'm convinced Bill's only holding on to him because he's tight with his dad. I, I, I <laughs> I'm convinced. I would uh... – I'd bet on that. I actually, yeah. that's something that I would actually agree on. I wouldn't agree with some of the other stuff that's said about, say, the coaching staff stuff, but I would agree with with him as a player. Yeah, I, I would. I would say that. Wait, you, you, know, solid. I, you don't. You don't. You don't agree with what I said about the coaching staff? No, I said whenever I've heard. Let's it, focus. Yeah, Stay on the offensive yep. line. We'll, get no, well, no, no, no. I, I, but it was offensive line related. I wasn't trying to pick a fight. I was honestly curious because I didn't know if you thought I was being like overly critical. I honestly, no, was, no, no, no. I'm no, honestly no, wondering no, if people I, no, are. No, I just say I Russ, is, Russ is no. talking about the N word as in nepotism. I'm talking ah, yes. about that. Well, yeah. I'm well, talking... this is case. This is case in point here. So, but, yeah, but I, this is this is a this is a player and and a coach. I don't think that again with. We're gonna go off topic. I don't want to go there. <laughs> it's fine. I don't want to go there. I know. Either way, I know seen, you don't mind going there, Derek. But I, either I, way, we've I, seen players like Ferenc that are yes. here for like a year or two, and then they kind of throw him back into the water, and they pick another guy out, and they try to see with him. Ferenc has been around for how long now? And he sucks. I mean, I just don't. I don't. Him and Jelani Tavai. I don't know what kind of pictures they have on Bill, but they got some kind of leverage to stay on this team. I'm not well, sure. We'll get to Tavai. You know, and again, we're going off topic. But I saw a tweet yesterday. <laughs> about Jelani Tavai, and somebody questioned what Bill sees in him for he was starting on the preseason games. Yeah. And somebody posted, he's just Jordan Richards 2.0. Hmm. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get to, we'll get to there in a second, I guess. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> let's switch to the other side of the ball before we do that. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the defense, and we'll end with our overall thoughts of preseason. Okay, Derek, right back to you. Let's talk about the defensive line. This is an interesting part of the Patriots roster. Just give me your overall thoughts on the defensive line. Defensive line. Okay, Um, I would say I wasn't too surprised. My biggest surprise was that LeBron Ray was cut at all. I thought he had done enough to earn a spot on this team. He has joined the practice squad. I'm very excited about that. I thought that him and Sam Roberts – consistently flashed a little bit. I was telling Steve that Sam Roberts, based on some of the beat reporters, had I thought that they really hadn't said much about him during practice, but I thought in each preseason game, he made a play or two that really stood out. And to stand out as a you know an interior defensive lineman, 
that really says something. I thought he consistently got some nice penetration and he shows some really good strength, which is why he, uh, you know, I guess why he, uh, you know, won that defensive player of the year award for his, right. uh, you know, his level of college football. But I thought LeBron Ray also flashed, but he was also moved around the defensive line a lot. And I thought that them moving him around, to me, it showed like, I guess you could look at it and say maybe they didn't know exactly where to play him. I kind of looked at it as they were intrigued and they trusted him to play multiple positions. Uh, I'm not sure which is true, but yep. I'm happy he's back because I think both of these younger guys are have some upside as, as interior rushers. Um, I think that Lawrence guy... To me, I think he's a, done, Derek. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. I thought I, I said I the same thing done. to Steve yesterday. I wouldn't have been surprised if he was cut. I thought last year he's been really good overall. Like he was been a great signing. Yeah. From, um. You know, from the moment the bill picked him up, it, he's been yeah. really good. I thought last year was a down year for him, but I don't think they have a lot of guys that he really trusts. I mean, Dietrich Wise and Lawrence Guy are both are both players that he trusts. But yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, the younger guys are penetrators. Carl Davis, I think, surprised some people. But right. I think you have to understand that Carl Davis is one of the few guys on that defensive line group that can two-gap. And that's what Bill really likes to do. So I don't it's really think that was a surprise uh, at all. And God Chow is another good two-gapper. So right. I don't know if Lawrence Guy will stick around. He'll probably get into a little bit of a lesser role. But I do think some of the younger guys in this position group um, have really opened my eyes. And Russ, you know, to your point, when we got into that argument about season predictions and we're yeah. talking about, um, you know, I, I, we're talking about, you know, the I'm looking at who's going to play in the front seven. If you remember, I said to you, you know, they need three or four guys in this front seven to step up. I think you had a, a couple of young guys here flash a little bit this summer yes. and make yes. the roster. I think that's a good step and we can get to some more in the linebackers after Steve gives his thoughts. Right. And I would agree with that, Derek. And that's what mm-hmm. I wanted to see. And listen, nothing against Lawrence guy. I, I think he's been a great signing since they brought him in, but at some point I think you need to cut bait. I, I would have done it this year. And then again, to your point, Derek, I think it's about trust and Belichick trusts him, but I think it's time to move on. Yep. Lawrence Sky, and I hope that he has a lesser role this season. Steve, over to you. Thoughts on the defensive line? I thought of you right away when LeBron Ray did not make the roster. Thoughts on that and thoughts on this overall group? Yeah, you know, every day the reports coming out of training camp in the preseason was LeBron Ray was making an impact play. So <clears throat> I really was hoping they were going to be able to hold on to him. Thankfully, they brought him back to the practice squad. I was really impressed with Sam Roberts. I mean, he made the jump from, you know, Division II in college yep. to, to making the, the roster, which isn't, you know, it, it's not done every day. No. But, you know, you look at him, he looks the part. I mean, he doesn't look like a smaller, lesser player. And I, what I like is he has that, uh, it's not so much speed, but he has that quickness right off the snap and I'm hoping that they don't try to convert him into one of those two gap guys. Oh, I would no. like for them to use him as a penetrator. Shaking his head. No, I agree with Steve. I think that sometimes, you know, they try to pigeonhole players and I think, you know, I do understand how they want to play defense. Sam probably, probably, I mean, he might be, we'll see how he's, he's he hasn't even played in the regular season yet, but I don't know if he'll ever be a full-time player, especially the way they play defense. But if he can, if, if, cause they just typically like bigger body defensive linemen, but I do think there's something there with him. And like Steve said, for him to flash and make such a big jump early, I think really stood out. Um, and you know, they could m- keep him as kind of an interior rusher. And I think between Christian Barmore, LeBron Ray and Sam Roberts, they have three younger guys that are all pretty good penetrating defensive linemen. Uh, so in, in past, I'm, I'm curious that in, uh, you know, in pass rush situations, longer situations where running's really not on the table, I don't know if we'll see LeBron Ray. I think uh, Daniel LaQuale will fit, fill into this mold after his two-game right. suspension is served. But I could see a situation where where they're going to have some guys kind of pin their ears back and go on that defensive line, which is a little bit of a difference from what they used to do. But I think that when we're talking about them having a younger secondary, specifically at the cornerback position, they're going to need to generate pressure up front. So I'm curious to see how they manage that because I do think that, you know, 
the offset of having a young cornerback position is you need to get a good pass rush. And a lot of their pass rushers are younger penetrating guys, which isn't the style they normally play. So I'm curious to see if there's something that we notice going on there. Okay, good stuff. Derek, I'm going to go right back to you. Let's talk about edge defenders. This is actually a very interesting group. I'm curious your view on all these players. I'm curious, one player that I really want to talk a little bit about. Obviously, you got Matthew Judon. I'll talk to Steve about Anthony Jennings when we get there. But I want to talk to you about Josh Uche. DeMarcus Mitchell, a great story on drafted free agent. But let's talk about Mm -hmm. Uche. I I want to start there, and then you can share your thoughts on all of them. I want this player to make it. I want him to make an impact. But every time I see him, he's making a mistake. He's hurting the team. He'll make a great play, but he is not someone that you can trust against the run. And sometimes he makes bad decisions. I think this is, I think they don't trust him, Derek. Your thoughts on Josh Uche. Okay. Yeah. So I agree. I, I think that they have looked at him as, I don't want to say a disappointment because I don't know their thoughts, but I know he's a high draft pick. And I think consistently when they've given him more to kind of take on, he hasn't been able to do it. No. And uh, I thought he got washed out against the run too much last year. I think that's the reason he really didn't play much is because of his issues versus the run. I think you saw it a little bit in this preseason where yes. if he gets, if somebody, if a player gets, an opposing player gets their hands on him early, he's done. He's dead in the water. But he has a, some crazy athleticism and speed where he can make some moves. I honestly think they need to move him more. Uh, I think they need to move him around like pre-snap and kind of get him almost like a running start because his bend is crazy. Like he has some really cool issue, uh, really cool pass rush moves, but it's consistency with him that I think is the biggest issue. And And he's not a three down player. That's the problem. No, he's not. And honestly, another thing I, I told Steve this offline, but I like accountability and I'm going to say it here now. I was wrong on Anthony Jennings and I, wow. I thought he was totally. I think I'm not sure if you were on the show, Russ, or not. Um, but Steve and I, we had we had a, yep. a rare disagreement about you know you know Steve. <laughs> Steve thought, up. Yeah, Steve <laughs> thought Anthony Jennings was gonna st- still be a factor. I thought he hadn't shown enough, and I didn't think factor him at all. He, I thought he's looked pretty good in preseason. He's gonna be your early down guy across yep. from Judon and Demarcus Mitchell's a cool story there, but I still yep. think that area is pretty thin. Overall, okay. I'm sure that there are some linebackers that could probably play that, but I really worry about their depth at edge because it's really just two guys who can really set the edge with Judon and, and Jennings, where Uche and Mitchell are situational guys. Honestly, Mitchell's more of a defensive lineman anyway. Right. So I just think that edge player that edge position is very thin. Okay. Interesting there, Derek. Over to you, Steve. You know, and again, I want to just emphasize that you were right and Derek was wrong here about Anthony James. That's what's <laughs> great about the show is that sometimes Steve is right and wins an argument. You want an argument over Derek because I, I think Anthony Jennings has shown up, but I want to get your thoughts on him. And also please do share your thoughts about Derek and I talking a little bit about Uche because I thought Uche was going to be an impact player. Even a couple of seasons ago, I remember Derek just really hoping that Uche would be the p- player that we hope he turns into. He hasn't I mean, turned Peter, into that Peter point. King picked him as his defensive rookie of the year. I remember this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I remember this, and it just hasn't turned out that way. And Michigan it, has cranked out some defensive players, and he was one of them. And it just, Russ, I mean, Steve, you elaborate, but it just feels to me, Steve, that he's flashed, but he just can't seem to put it all together. Right. No. And even back to his days in Michigan, Don Brown said that he had trouble setting the edge in the running game. I mean, that's been the knock on him. And I, I agree with what you guys are saying with, you know, if somebody gets a hand on him, um, you know, he's generally tied up because he's not the biggest dude. And uh, I don't think he's the strongest guy either, honestly. But to uh, totally agree with Derek there, he has insane athleticism. Yep. He has a really good burst. And I, I agree with get him in motion, move him around a little bit and force the other team to try to move to stop him. And, you know, on obvious passing downs. But I've been a proponent of Anthony Jennings since they drafted him. I liked him at Alabama. I I like him even more with the Patriots. Uh, I said early this year he was hurt all last year. And, you know, I thought he was going to be a factor. The light has come on for him in year three. And he's going to be the starter opposite Judon. 
I really like that. I mean, I think those two can set the edge. Uh, Jennings isn't a, you know, prolific pass rusher, but he can get there. Yep. You know, he, he has uh, some strong moves and he's a bigger guy. He's like 259. Right. So he's, he's not, you know, one of the smaller linebackers that they, they uh, are playing this year. And <clears throat> Demarcus Mitchell, you know, where they played a lot of even fronts uh, during preseason. I'm wondering if that carries over and they'll use him a little bit because I believe he'll be on the game day roster strictly from his special teams ability. So I agree. Know, yeah. uh, maybe he can be one of those sub package guys as well. I was okay. really impressed with him. Um, I didn't expect much out of him and lo and behold, another undrafted free agent makes the team. Yeah. That's we had, we, we had what three of them or two of them Two. It's Brendan schooler. And yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, good stuff. Steve, right back to you. This is an interesting position. Let's talk about the linebackers. The players that are there are Jawan Bentley, Raquan McMillan, Mac Wilson, and Jelani Tavai. The ones in the middle, McMillan and Wilson, I have high hopes for. The other two, Steve, I'm, you know, again, I've got this love hate with Bentley because I think he can stop the run, but I think he is, besides that, he is a liability. Agreed. And as Derek said at the beginning of the show, I don't understand the fascination with uh, Jelani Tavai. Maybe you can explain it to me. Well, we know Belichick loves the guy. He does, and I don't and get Bel- it. He's been on the radio with Pat Kerwin. Yeah, yeah. I and, don't get it. And Belichick said, you know, he's a four-down player. Right. I, I <clears throat> respectfully kind of disagree with Bill on that one. I don't see him as a four-down player. I can see him first and second down and fourth down. But not on third down. I mean, we watched him last year struggle in coverage. I haven't seen anything during the preseason that would lead me to believe that that's going to change. Yeah. I I was rather surprised that that he kept getting the start over McMillan and Wilson. I think those guys need to be a much bigger part of the game plan. And Steve Belichick said that. um, I think it was a – what a couple of weeks ago? I um, all the time frame is yep. running amok right now. But Belichick said Steve Belichick because right. he's the linebackers coach that you know um, McMillan and Wilson are going to play a significant role on the defense this year, and I really think that needs to happen. I could st- still see Bentley playing a lot of downs because they need still need that big thumper in the middle and to anchor down things behind the defensive line. But I, I think on obvious passing situations, I think McMillan and Wilson need to be in there. hundred okay. percent. I totally All right. agree. All right, Derek, over to you. <clears throat> Thoughts on this group. Um, okay. So I think I, Russ, I, I couldn't agree more with you on Bentley. I think that it, it, if they can protect him and keep him in situations where he's not going to be a coverage or anything like that, I think, or he has to cover out of the, the backfield. I think that he can be kind of like that, you know, run stuffer right in the middle. I think once you ask him to start doing anything else, he's faster than like a Donta Hightower at this stage, but he's still too slow. So I, I just think he really gets picked on pretty often. Where Mick, I thought Mac Wilson was really impressive during the preseason, but somehow Jelani Tavai is getting first team reps over him. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't get I, I'll get, I'll circle back to Tavai in a second. Yeah. I think that Bill is trying to change his linebacker philosophy and get some more speed and go with some more, maybe some more, untru- you know, unconventional things for him at the position. But Mac Wilson is basically, I mean, I mean, he's like, he's like six, what six, one, two thirty. I mean, he's basically he's smaller than Kyle Duggar. So I think Bill has a hard time just rationalizing having a guy that's a little bit smaller there. And I could see Duggar and Jabril Peppers playing a lot more linebacker for this team than I think people are talking about. Um, Honestly, this is a big year. I'll save the Duggar comment for a second. I don't want to get, I want to stay on track, but I do think that Mac Wilson and Raekwon McMillan should be the, the main two guys there. I think they add noticeable speed. Um, As far as Tavai goes, I know that when Bill brought him over from Detroit, that you know they, he he, not, he noted his good fundamentals and he's a smart player and he 
is a special teams person. And I think honestly that Bill just likes him and he knows he does whatever his job is supposed to be. Apparently Bill thinks that uh, he's doing it at a high level. I, I just don't see it. I, and it's funny because it seems like it's not just, it's not just me. It's not just us. It's other shows. It's, uh, it's fans. And yep. I, I just don't understand the fascination with it. Um, I'm hoping he doesn't see significant reps, but uh, he did in this last preseason game. So I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, it's just a very interesting situation with Jelani Tavai in general. All right, guys, let's move on. Let's get to a very interesting position. Steve, back to you. Let's talk about cornerbacks. And we have Jalen Mills, Jonathan Jones, Marcus Jones, Jack Jones, Miles Bryant, and Sean Wade. Out is <laughs> the Terrence Jones Mitchell. brothers. The Jones <laughs> brothers. Steve, thoughts on the cornerbacks? Are you confident? In the cornerbacks in general, Jalen Mills is basically your number one. We know he's not really a number one. Your thoughts? Well, we're going to just have to keep up with the Joneses because uh, – <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be tough uh, for the radio and television announcers. Oh. They're going to have to say guy's first name because – but uh, that's their problem, not ours. Nope, not our problem. Um, I think they have a lot of versatility there. Um, I think you were correct in saying Jalen Mills is your number one. I think Jonathan Jones, depending on the opponent, could be the number one guy. Okay. Because I think he'll be that guy in week one with Miami, you know, because I was of, thinking uh, the same thing. Yeah. I think that this group is going to morph from week to week, depending on the opponent. Yep. But uh, going into Miami week one, I'd see Jonathan Jones matching up with Tyreek Hill. I was thinking the same thing, Steve. Yeah. I and, you know, I thing. think that's why they decided to move him out to the boundary because they're playing so many teams with really speedy wideouts this yep. year. That's a good the, point. The, the issue I have is right now, you know, Bill loves his veterans and they're going with Miles Bryant in the slot. Yep. I don't think that's going to be season long i, I hope not yeah you know because again i get where where they're going with this they want to you know like derek said with rookies come growing pains so you know but we saw him last year and he really struggled in the slot especially down uh, the stretch very much so steve that's why i'm surprised by this i understand the point of right. not trusting cornerbacks especially rookies but I've seen the Miles Bryant show, and I'm not a big fan of the Miles Bryant well, show. And then I was watching him against the Raiders because I thought that was a good matchup against Hunter Renfro. Yep. And he didn't look good. No, no. <laughs> and at some point, you know, it's funny because I think Belichick, the Belichicks and both of them, and you could talk about Gerard Mayo. I think eventually they figure things out defensively. Sometimes it takes them a little bit. I think they are a little pigheaded when it comes to certain situations and players no. no not at all right Jelani Tavai we're just talking <clears throat> about but Derek over to you because we're talking about cornerbacks I'm curious your thoughts overall of the group and do you agree with me about Miles Bryant because uh I'm not a fan of Miles Bryant I'm just not a fan I know well, he's flashed a little bit but I think he's a liability out there you got to think he's a young player um and He's still developing. He was absolutely torched by Buffalo last year, too. So I that, can't get that out of my head. That image is hard to get out of your head. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Um, I think with the cornerbacks, it's going to be a a little frustrating for fans watching this season. I think they're going to be doing a lot of chasing. Now, I say that because they have a lot of young guys, okay? I mean, I think Jalen Mills is the number one corner on this team. I do not think Jalen Mills is a number one cornerback. I think he's a serviceable veteran cornerback. But I just think if you're expecting him to be J.C. Jackson 2.0, again, expectations, okay? But I think John Jones, again, I'm curious to see what the plan is with John Jones. He's been getting a lot of outside run. Is that just because they're preparing, prepping to use his matchup speed against Miami? Or is that something that they like him outside this year and they like what they have inside more? I'm not sure. I'm tempted for the latter because I think that you have guys like Marcus Jones and Miles Bryant who can play slot cornerbacks where they're really not outside guys. Um, and I think size is a big issue here. Miles right. Bryant is small. Marcus Jones is small. Jack Jones isn't as short as they are, but he's kind of like, he needs to put on some weight. So I, I like, 
I like, again, the the overall group as a young group. I think they have some potential moving forward, but I do think it's going to be hard out of the gates for them. And there's a lot of tough matchups they're going to face this year. I would like to see Jack Jones and Marcus Jones on the field early, but right. I just don't know. I mean, Jack Jones, I think, is a player that has some Asante Samuel-type quality to him. And what I mean by that is he's Asante Samuel was was a guy who – I don't want to say guest, but he had a great knack for jumping a route. And Jack Jones loves to do that. If you watched his tape. Very aggressive. If you, yes. If you watched his tape at Arizona State, he did a lot of that same stuff. And he got away with it in college. In the pros, I think he'll get I think sometimes he'll get it. But I bet you he's torched big time on two or three times this year. We're talking like Jack tried to jump the route and he just didn't do it in time or whatever the case is. Um, Marcus Jones, I'm really fascinated with. Yep. I, I wonder if his size holds up in the NFL, but if you go back to the draft, I mean, I've been talking about Marcus Jones for before he was a Patriot. I, I think right. he, I really like his explosiveness, his athleticism. I think he can play. I think he, but I do worry about his size. So I'm worried about the group, to be honest, guys. Uh, Terrence Mitchell's on the practice squad. Yep. Uh, I was a little surprised they let him go, but they're really, talk about youth movement. They have a lot of young players here um, in this mix. So, I'm, yeah, I'm fascinated. And, and I think Sean Wade was probably the 53rd player. Oh, yeah. And But he's a bigger corner than the other guys. Right. Mm-hmm. And yep. he didn't have a tremendous summer, but, you know, it looked like there was a certain days where the light was coming on for him. He was making some plays. He's right? got he some was, Jekyll and Hyde to him, Steve. Yep. Yep. You but, know, you so know it's, and, and it's still young for him. I mean, he didn't. He hardly played it all last year. Yep. This is so, only his second you know, year. And I think right. he's a developmental guy. I think he <laughs> won't play a heck of a lot, but they're they're gonna see what they have in him. And you know, if he can step up and be able to be a serviceable outside corner, then it opens up, you know, windows for you. Uh, you know, if you're playing teams with bigger wide receivers, yep. mm-hmm. you, you can slide him to the outside and then you know, you got Jonathan Jones, uh, you can move around. But I think the plan is eventually Marcus Jones is going to take over that that slot corner position. And look, I mean, yeah. Greg Bedard said, I don't know if you guys heard this, but Greg Bedard said that teams have been quietly saying that if played against the Patriots that they can't cover. They're having problems in coverage. Yeah. And yeah. I think we saw that a little bit in the offseason and in, in the preseason. And I think in I think in – uh, joint practices that was reported a lot, but I think the one-on-one stuff is a little overblown because it's such an advantage to whoever the offensive player is. Um, so that to me doesn't worry me, but I do think that this is going to be the biggest area of the team that causes the most frustration. I think this and the offensive line right now are my two biggest concerns heading into the season, uh, just because I think that there's so much depending on them. And I just, I don't know what's going on on the offensive line. Defensive is just, just really a youth movement, and there's just young players, and I just think it's going to be an up-and-down season for that group. Okay. Let's end, guys, talking about the safeties, okay? So, Derek, I'll go right back to you. We got Devin McCourty, Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar, Jabril Peppers, and Joshua Bledsoe. Brad Hawkins misses out. I, I actually really like this group. I think it's fairly strong. Your thoughts? Yeah, it is a strong group. I think that Devin McCourty, uh, despite his age, is still uh, you know a, a good back end safety, free safety. Adrian Phillips has been a phenomenal signing. I think he's been good in coverage. I think this is. I, I mentioned Duggar earlier. I think this is a big year for Duggar. Um, he is someone who I think when he is playing the run is devastating in coverage. He's brutal. I mean, he's going back to this last preseason game. I mean, right off the rip, bit hard. Guy goes up by him. I wonder if he would be honestly better served if, if they moved him to like a linebacker role. Uh, or And that's why I mentioned earlier, like you could see him and Peppers playing more linebacker. I think if they went with like a dime package, which is extra defensive backs, like you could move Duggar into like a more of a linebacker role. I think he might right. be better suited for that because when he's playing back, he consistently sticks out for the wrong reasons in coverage. And so I think I'm really going to be curious to see, watch his development. And I think Bill's excited to work with uh, Jabril Jabril Peppers based on his comments. Peppers seemed uh, excited to work with Bill based on what he said when he signed here. He's still coming back for that ACL injury, but the fact that he's been getting in the mix already, I think is a good sign for him. And I'm intrigued. I think that 
He's a player going back to Michigan, played offense, defense, and returned. He's a guy that's very athletic, has a lot of ability. I don't think he's ever put it together, but I think there's some untapped potential there and some positional versatility, and I think someone like Bill would have a lot of fun with him. And lastly, I think that Josh Bledsoe, um, after uh, missing last year with a wrist injury, coming into year two, I thought he's popped a little bit. Steve and I had kind of put a little asterisk by him when the summer started, yep. and uh, I, I think that he's he's shown enough to to contribute. And I think maybe not this year is any more than just kind of stepping up and spelling somebody, but I think next year he could factor more into the mix uh, as they kind of age some older guys out. Okay, Steve, I'm going to give you the final word on the 53-man roster. We're not going to go through special teams or the other players. Uh, people can do that on their own time. We're just going to focus on, on the main <laughs> positions here. So final thoughts, Steve, on the safeties, and then we're going to wrap it up by giving our final thoughts on the preseason. Okay, well, I just want to say special teams guys have families too. They need to hear their <laughs> name mentioned. Okay. But uh, I, I like this group. I've been saying that all summer long. I thought they, you know, they have five guys who can play. Uh, McCordy is still the best player in the group. Um, even at his age, he might not be, you know, able to move as fast as he once did, but he's still, I think he's still an excellent deep safety. Duggar, Phillips, Peppers, you know, Derek's already mentioned those guys. I know Bill likes Peppers, and we heard a couple of years ago when he was coming out in the draft, the Patriots were really interested in him. So yep. I think that that's a really good sign. Bledsoe, again, this was a guy that I, I was harping about last year because they signed him, you know, with with the knowledge that he wasn't going to play last year. So they obviously liked what they saw in him, and I, I like him. I mean, I, I think he's one of those slot kind of safeties that covers tight ends really well, and – you know, his work on special teams, he could see the game day roster as well. So uh, I, I think, as Bill said in his press conference earlier this week, asked, him, you know, what's the strongest position? And he said, I think you could look at safety first. I totally agree with that. Okay. I would say the two strongest positions, guys, safety. I would say probably safety and running back, which we yeah. kind of all expected. Do you guys agree with me that cornerback and offensive line are kind of on the other end of the spectrum, or would you put anybody else in that group? No, I, I, I would go there too, Derek. I mean, the important position, as you said at the beginning of the show, is we've been talking about for several years, it's about the development of Mac Jones as quarterback. That's where we'll see where the Patriots are going for the next five to ten years. So it's mm -hmm. really on that. But to go along with that, the offensive line, you need the offensive line to protect Mac Jones to do what he needs to do. Yeah. And um, he's, again, not looking like the quarterback from last season. We'll see how it all plays out. And I think the starters it, could be live. I think the starters could be good. I just, for some reason, it just seems like they just haven't been able to put it together. So I'm hoping that we see it come together a little bit more in the regular season. But yep. I am I'm definitely more worried about it than I expect it to be at this juncture. Okay, so let's get to it, my friend. I'll go right back to you, Derek. Just give me your overall thoughts on training camp preseason leading up to next week, which will preview the upcoming game. Where's your head at right now? I'm excited for the regular season, um, just as a fan of the NFL. Um, for the for the Patriots specifically in the summer, I am frustrated because I thought I'm back to where I thought I wasn't. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I thought I was more worried about the defense than the offense. And I wasn't worried about the offense. I felt good about the offense until, you know, mini camp and training camp started and joint practices and consistent preseason games. The Patriots starters offensively didn't play in the first one. The second game, it took them nine plays to get a first down. It just looks clunky. It's purported as being clunky at practice. It's multiple teams, multiple different settings. It just makes me worried. And it, and it, and I'm worried most importantly of the, of the development of Mac Jones. And I'm worried about who Bill has put in place to oversee the offense. And I'm worried about the offensive line adapting to some of these new running changes. And I thought that on paper, I felt good about where the offense was going to be. I wasn't sure if it was going to be on the top end, but I thought they had added to a group that could build off for last year. And instead I'm worried if some of these changes are kind of more of an anchor 
And I, I'm really worried about that. It's That's been a consistent thing where we really just haven't seen the offense look good unless it seems like it's more up-tempo. So that, to me, has worried me. I am happy with some of the youth movement I've seen. I think Bill is finally kind of coming around to, you know, flipping the linebackers Flip and the, the roster over. Yeah. yeah, he's really, you know, linebackers and corners are totally different than they were a couple of years ago. And it's going to be a little bit bumpy, but I do think that you got to start somewhere. And right. um, I think that having 20% or just under 20% of your roster being rookie players, I mean, that really says, um, you know, how much turnover that him and Matt Groh have made over the last few months. Okay. Steve, your thoughts, and then I'll share mine and we'll end the show. Yeah. Uh, Derek and I talked yesterday offline and, we were talking about this very same thing. I mean, we came into training camp in the preseason worrying a little bit about the defense with all the new moving parts. I think the defenses look pretty good. I mean, we'll see when the games come for sure. But I, I'm pretty impressed with what we've seen with the young guys yeah. playing defense. Now, once game planning comes in, we'll see how it all works. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I've, I was taken aback by how the offense struggled. I figured, yeah, they're installing a new system. It's not going to happen overnight. I figured by the second or third preseason game, we'd start to see the pieces starting to roll into place. Still waiting. So yeah, um, I I think week one in Miami, we're probably going to see much more of the, the old Patriots. That's what I think. Offense. So, That's what I think. You know, I, I thought it wasn't a total wash in preseason because they got no. these younger guys some playing time, but it, it was not impressive whatsoever. Okay, good stuff. All right. So for me, I had the uh, privilege of going down there as a member of the media. That was great for one day. And uh, I saw firsthand the offensive struggles. And as I was speaking to people around me, people you know as Derek, Evan Lazar on one side of me, Matt Dolph, and on the other side, along with Alex Barth. And they're, we're talking about the offense, and there's a bad play, and I'll never forget this, a really bad play where I said, that is horrible. He says, Russ, this is what we've been seeing. This is yep. exactly – and uh, Matt Dolph said, he completed it. That's better than what we've been <laughs> seeing most. And it was a terrible play. It was yeah. literally terrible. So that got me a little bit concerned. But as I've watched this and as I've went back and really thought of what we've seen in history. Now, history is, is a strange thing. Can you always rely on history? No. But I've seen this movie a few times, Derek. A movie where they've looked bad in preseason. Where Jimmy Garoppolo looked horrible in practice. Where Matt Castle looked horrible in practice. And they figured it out once things went live. We'll see if that happens. I agree with Steve. I think that not that they're going to scrap this McVay slash Shanahan offense, but I think it will not be run unless it's ready. I There's one thing that I think we know from Belichick is he's not going to put his players, I believe, in a position to fail. That, to me, would be a position to fail. Could he try the stretch run? Yes. Could he try it a couple times? Yes. But if it doesn't work, he's not going to beat his head – against the wall. I truly believe that. So I think we will see a lot of the old Patriots offense. And if the Miami Dolphins don't think that they're going to be seeing that, they're sadly mistaken. And I, Defense- I think that I, I think that for, you know, I agree with that, Russ. And I yeah. would also say that it's going to be a little weird because I think, I do think there's a chance that we see the Patriots come out and they look better than what has we've kind of seen and everything. I, I can buy that. I also have have to feel like I acknowledge the fact that they have come out slow uh, the last couple of years. And and so would it be overly surprising if we're talking about them, you know, maybe not really kicking it into gear until week five or week six? Like, I wouldn't be shocked by that. Right. Um, Neither would I. And, and so that kind of goes back to my comments earlier. Uh, again, not starting a fight. I'm just saying if you if you want your season prediction to be closer to what you had said, yeah. I think they have to steal some games early. Oh, I, I agree. Think, and, I agree and, and I think Miami and Pittsburgh are those two that you circle because I think yeah. Baltimore and yeah. Green Bay are going to be tough. Yeah. Um, and you start week one. It's in, it's in the division. The Dolphins have had the Patriots number uh, the last couple of years. So 
Um, I actually just read the Patriots will be traveling down to South Florida early yep. um, to kind of get acclimated to the weather, which is right. not a surprise. But, right. you know, I, I just think the early, the early part of the season, Russ, I'm just wondering, do we see them put it together versus their slow start that they've kind of battled in, in years past? Okay. One benefit of playing the Raiders in preseason? Different heat, could, Russ. Different, <laughs> different heat. I, it's a different heat, but it's still heat. It's, yep. it's still no, it's completely different because obviously today down in Southwest Florida right now I just checked my phone, ninety four degrees. Feels like one hundred and four. Right, yeah, I got one hundred two in Scottsdale right now. It's so. the humidity. I know, yep. I know. It's the humidity <laughs> in South Florida. I get it. It's the humidity, and Derek, you could be one hundred and five and not feel as bad as the humidity and where Steve is. I, I get that, but I still okay. think it, it couldn't hurt. So we'll see. Anyways. Only 100 degrees in Arizona. It's basically fall. <laughs> okay, enough, Dark. Enough. I, I don't want to hear that living here. I, I don't want to hear that anymore. All right. Great show, as always. Even though Derek and I went at it a little time. bit, I, you know, it, it wouldn't be a show if Derek and I didn't go at it just a tad. And Steve always plays, gets us back on track, which you did. Thank you very much, Steve. I'm but, sorry if I blew anybody's speakers. Send the bill to Ian uh, Logue. Yeah. <laughs> or exactly. Russ. No, don't send it to me. Please, please, Derek. Please, Derek. I, you know, and, and again, listen, I, I want to thank everyone that has been with us. And guys, I don't know if you're aware of this because I'm not sure the exact date, but we are coming up on 11 years of Patriots fourth and two. We're entering our 12th season of covering the Patriots. It's amazing. So That's I want to mention that one time because I actually did that on Cottage Talk. 11 years, 11 years of doing this. We did it with the three of us and Damian Jarrett. Damien came back last year. We should get Damien back on. He's now local here. But it was the four of us to begin, and here we are all this time. Later, you've talked about it, Derek. The only show I know that's gone as longer would be Patriots Unfiltered, which has morphed, just changed names. But they, they've been going longer than us. Beyond that, I don't know another podcast that has gone any longer than us. No so, wonder my blood pressure is so high. <laughs> right, exactly. Putting up with me, right, Derek? Exactly. Okay. All right, well, we will be back next week to preview opener for the Patriots on the road in South Florida against the Miami Dolphins. So we will be back next week. But let's wrap it up. For Steve Balsteri, Derek Havens, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast, PatsFans.com. <laughs>